to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 297 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Did they think the best in the business weren't going to come back to talk a little Canelo Triple G? Come on, man. Man, I felt the panic and the anxiety. <laughs> People were sending, slipping in my DMs. <laughs> Where'd you go, bro? Come back, man. <laughs> Don't worry. We're here. Um, and we'll have a couple more shows uh, for you to close out the year. And then we're going to take the month of January off, but we will be back at the end of January Yep. Um, to preview um, uh, the big fights that kick off uh, at the end of the month. So we're here for now. So just be fucking thankful and Merry Christmas to you and yours. <laughs> this is your Christmas present. <laughs> it is. <laughs> happy Kwanzaa and happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah's already started, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't pay attention. You don't celebrate Hanukkah? I used to when I had a girl that was Jewish. I don't celebrate it anymore. <laughs> you used to. <laughs> it's a like, fluid situation, kid. Like you used to play Xbox. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, welcome back to the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the show, uh, please do. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere audio podcasts are provided. I think Amazon even has audio podcasts now on their Audible app, um, so you can find us anywhere. Uh, drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and follow, subscribe, comment on all of our videos. Uh, the full-length versions of every episode of the Boxing Rant podcast are available there. Drop by the website, theboxingrant.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. At Vince Cummings eighty one and at the boxing rant. All right, Vin, don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. We have a loaded rundown: um, Canelo Alvarez versus Callum Smith, Triple G um, in his mandatory defense, Jerron Ennis in action, Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev fought a little while ago. We'll t- we'll uh, talk a little bit about Errol Spence versus DSG uh, later in the show, and we got a ton of announcements. I mean, we got, come on, we got the fight that we all wanted. Yeah, um, circle the calendar, um, put in vacation requests now. <laughs> yes. We're just assuming that it's going to be at the StubHub Center, and if it is, it might be uh, March 13th traveling to uh, the City of Angels. Get me that vaccine, baby, because I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> me too. How You can fucking tattoo a barcode on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> Oh, man. So it's a uh, a loaded episode. Um, but this weekend's fight action, uh, even though we got a lot to talk about, was brought to you by DAZN with the two big names in Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, in action last night uh, for the ring and the WBA super middleweight title. And the vacant WBC was there too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mauricio was there. He was <laughs> he, there. He's getting them Canelo ducats, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Canelo versus Callum Smith from Texas, about 12,000 in attendance um before we get to the fight big ups to eddie hearn and matchroom for the ring walk uh, extravaganza uh, the graphics dude canelo's ring walk into this fight was fucking awesome it was perfect his name and his logo written out in flames the mariachi playing just with og canelo style uh, it's uh, you know and it, we all like it's one of them things that we kind of you know we've taken for granted because we haven't gotten that big entrance with a live audience you know it, it 
it just adds a like when you're at a fight live, you're ready for that ring walk. Yeah, and it just adds a little something to the fight. So it was good to see. Yeah, I think the last memorable ring walk that Canelo had that sticks out in my mind. Uh, was the James Kirkland fight inside the baseball stadium at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep, yep. It, it wasn't that it was as uh, theatric as last night's was, but just a memorable environment that was going ape shit when he was coming down to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Canelo and Callum Smith at the weigh-in then, uh, unbelievable discrepancy in size. And everybody was shocked by this, but we knew this. And you know what? Old Vince Damas here on my right... Um, I think said it last month. Let me be the first one <laughs> to hate on Canelo versus Smith. And it, you know, I I don't I hate that I'm right, Ken, because you we, hit this one out of the park. Because look, I don't know what like this this notion, and I get it. it, it it's one of them things, and, it, and it's and it's kind of the Julius and Dongo effect a little bit. These guys win belts, and you just assume because they have a belt. And and because of their status, you know, in their weight class, that they are they have to be this this great fighter. He has to be good. We've seen Callum Smith. I mean, if anybody has watched Callum Smith for his entire career, me and you have been following it. We've been all over this guy. I started out really high on him, and then as the years went on, I was like, yeah, let me temper this a little bit. Callum's a little bit basic as a fighter. He just is what he is. He's I don't like this isn't and this isn't to uh, discredit the Smith family, but they are who they are as fighters. It's a really cool fucking thing that all four brothers were able to do it. Some of them got belts. They all competed for belts. It's that's fucking awesome. Like if you're a family and you can say that, that's unbelievable. But they sus. But yeah, they sus. (laughs) They rural sus. (laughs) You know, Uh look, Callum Smith is Callum Smith, man. We saw it last night. I'm, I'm. You know, I want to praise Canelo Alvarez for his performance because what he did was completely neutralize a guy that really doesn't take that much to neutralize. I mean, I I don't want to sound like this is disrespecting what Canelo Alvarez is as a fighter because that performance, he adds more wrinkles every fucking time he fights. The guy looked outstanding. It's the most dominant performance of his career. Yes, it, it, outstanding. But remember, it was Callum Smith, and I told you who fucking Callum Smith was. You didn't want to listen. You got it last night. That was 100% a Callum Smith performance to a T. Oh, it was vintage. Yeah. Vintage. Um, Callum Smith, man, I, I, I described him on Twitter last night as he just looked like a flat tire, you know? I mean, you really got to see, uh, you know, we always talk about levels in boxing, but you really got to see what le- the difference in those levels was just by the sheer ferocity, accuracy, the thudding connection of a Canelo Alvarez punch to these soft, sort of swallowed up, like winging, like just completely in awkward range, looping, sort of swift, windy punches. <laughs> you know, like I, I it's I, hopefully that describes Callum Smith's, uh, you know, his output. I mean, just the lack of power. The lack of accuracy, dude. He out threw Canelo by a hundred punches, and only landed like less than half the amount of punches that Canelo threw. I think he fucking only landed at like an eighteen percent clip. It just was. He looked. I know. Look, Canelo dominated him from pillar to post. I just didn't think that Callum Smith was going to look so neutered. 
you know? <laughs> right. That's exactly what happened. You know, it just he 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 just seemed like to me I was watching Nathan cleverly. Hey, look at it honestly it had a, like a a Floyd Mayweather type of feel to, to it where Canelo just went in there and in the first two rounds had completely neutralized anything that Callum Smith was going to do. He had no answer, he had no adjustment. There was it was it was it was sad to watch, man. It was like this guy is completely overmatched, outskilled in every sense of the fucking word during that fight. Yeah, I mean, look, Eddie Hearn is a dirt merchant, okay? Yes. So don't believe him. It's his job to hype Callum Smith up, right? Yes. You said it as simple as can be, you know, not just on Twitter, but on previous show when this fight was announced, Vin, right? That you you got you have to go back and just look at who Callum Smith has fought, how he's looked in these fights. You can't just look at the picture of him holding right. the Muhammad Ali trophy and the belts and the I mean you number talked, one in the division. Yeah, I mean you talked about like his roadmap through the WBSS. I, I it was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. I don't understand how anyone made him consensus number one at 168 pounds. He had literally proven nothing. I don't care where you rate George Groves. At the time they fought, George Groves was toast. I mean, fucking burnt toast at yeah. that time. Yeah, that's your biggest win. Eh, I'm not giving you much credit for that. Y- you got to be able to see, just because it's a name and, and and whatever it may mean to you and whatever you place George Groves, there's a lot of factors that come into play when you're judging a fighter like a Callum Smith. You have to look at everything. Look past the belts. Look past the number one ranking. Look past all of that. The guy had proven nothing. And in fights against questionable talent, looked very meh. Let's point to John Ryder's performance on Friday night on the zone. Mm-hmm. That was there was nothing special there. This guy gave Callum Smith fucking fits, yeah. fits, and probably won the fight. <laughs> That's all I needed to see. That's all I needed. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, look, man. I, I will be the first person to take it on the chin, right, when you get something wrong. I mean, we had Callum Smith, you know, marked out. We've hit on probably 95% of our prospects, Yeah. Um, you know, from the past have turned out to be world champions and gone on to really good careers. And, look, Callum Smith's accomplishments, they've been all right. Um, you know, I, look, you, you have to give him credit for becoming a world champion. I mean, he won the fights that he fought in. But like you said, I mean – Look, the performance that he had against John Ryder, it wasn't unlike what he tried to do last night. I've never seen a man so tall fight so small. Or or retreat so easily. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. If one thing that you have learned this weekend, folks, by watching Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, is that that is how you throw a jab like an adult, okay? (laughs) I mean, Callum Smith is like towers over the two of them and throws the most pathetic excuse of a jab. It's not even like one of these, like, I'm trying to distract you jabs. It's it, it. There's absolutely nothing on it, and then Canelo just sneaks his jab right in there, and there's thunder behind it. Yep. I mean, we saw Triple G in his fight against Sarah's Meta. We'll get to that fight. We saw again an all-time great jab. Yeah. That when executed, if I am Callum Smith, I'm fucking standing upright. I'm fighting like Paul Williams, and I'm trying to I'm trying to throw a thunder pole jab. Right. I'm trying to be awkward and elusive and. Hard to get to my midsection because I've got something that keeps you, that keeps this necessary distance between the two of us. He just fights so 
passive, and the only punch that 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 Callum Smith has that has any semblance of pop on it is that left hook. But it takes fucking ten minutes for it to get to the target. Yeah, come on. Canelo's too swift defensively these days to get caught with that punch. And he didn't even have to be slick. He no. he was slick in moments in the fight. He, he neutralized. You said it. He fucking neutered Callum Smith, yeah. and it, it it took fucking five minutes for that to happen. Yeah, the fight was over by halfway through the second round. It's funny, you know, you're bringing up the jab of Callum Smith. When you get to fights like this, and you can point back to, let's just go back to from Errol Spence to Triple G to Canelo. What do the best fighters do, the best fighters in the world do in the biggest fights that they have? I get it, Triple G was fighting fucking Edward Scissorhands, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. But it's the jab. <laughs> it's the fucking jab. It's When you get to that level, you better, you better have an elite jab. If you want to call yourself one of the pound for pound best it's going to be built behind a jab yeah i mean folks if you want to if you want to see it just go back and watch uh uh canelo versus triple g one yeah y- you will see a fight I, you know it was settled as a draw uh neither man won the fight but you will see the difference in that fight is an elite jab yes and callum smith's jab was it was horrendous man huh. but you know what look what what do we expect we can sit here and beat up the fact that callum smith's just not really at that elite world level, which is just a fact, right? That is that has further been proven by the domination. Right. You know, but what did we think was gonna happen with a Joe Gallagher fighter? Honestly <laughs> and truthfully, what did you think was gonna happen? You you have delivered the blueprint, the Joe Gallagher, the Tesco Joe blueprint for fighting is high guard, six rounds, don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Then take him to the body. <laughs> Lefts to the body. It's the fucking Scott Quigg plan. <laughs> right. And that uh, that tops out at a certain level. Yeah, that only works with Scott Quigg at 122 pounds. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Joey G. He always gets there. Don't just... his fighters seem so limited, though? They do, yes. And they are. They're white. <laughs> These guys are just... Uh, they're average fucking fighters. <laughs> you're, you're saying. A, I mean, it could be. You're saying white people in general are limited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's an occasional one that somehow gets out of the box and figures something out. I don't know if it's what they're drinking or their diet or whatever the fuck. But like, white people are limited, Ken. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Oh, it is true, man. It is true. So, Caleb Plant, be careful what you say. <laughs> we all see. Um, yeah, and that and 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 Caleb Plant to me after hearing Canelo Alvarez's post-fight comments in this, right, right, um, saying that he wants to go for all the belts at 168 pounds. To me, uh, Caleb Plant's next. I think you see that f- f- uh, fight as soon as there can be fans back in the arena. That's the next fight for him. You think so? Either that or Billy Joe, but I think it's that. I hope it's not Billy Joe. I don't want to see that. Well, that belt's going to be got by somebody. So why not Golovkin move up, fight Billy Joe Saunders at 168 pounds? Hey, the way it came off to me in Canelo's post-fight last night was is that he'll consider fighting Triple G for a third time if he comes up to 168 and has a belt because then he's relevant to the goal that Canelo wants to accomplish. And what do you think Triple G feels about that? He is not going to march to the beat of Canelo Alvarez. No. No, I don't. Th- I don't think he's going to chase that fight. No, even if Canelo was like, "Try this lotion," <laughs> Triple G would be like, "Nah, son, I'm raw dogging this." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> 
Oh man. Um. So let's. Uh. Well, you want to talk about G first before we talk about the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you I mean, know, potential of a trilogy. Um. I don't know. The only thing else I have to say about about Canelo versus Callum Smith was it's the best I've seen uh, Canelo Alvarez look. Um, physically, he's as thick as a tank. He looks like he can't be knocked over. It's just like yeah. the, his balance and the way that he's filled out at 168 pounds, the thickness of his neck and his back, he just doesn't seem like a guy that can be knocked down. And, and that base he's fighting with, uh, the, the you know guard up, kind of walk you down style that he has now, nobody's figured it out yet. You know, He, he kind of unleashed that in the, in the second Triple G fight, and he's kind of used it as he's moved forward here. And it is giving fucking guys fits, man. Yeah, that's a hell of a style. Yeah. You know, because it's it's almost like he developed his elusiveness and his slipperiness and his upper body movement, like fighting certain styles of fighters. And then in the second Triple G fight, he found that success, like you're talking about, where he started marching forward. And he's like, holy shit, I can apply my upper body movement when I need to while coming forward and, uh, you know, basically play defense on the fly. There's no fighter in the game over the last six years that has adapted and changed their style like Canelo. No, he no. is the most improved boxer almost every time I see him out there. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not even really close. <laughs> no. And I you know, we'll uh we'll talk more about where he stands amongst the best fighters in boxing um when we get to our year end stuff. But uh yeah man, Canelo looked fucking great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um absolutely fantastic. All right, let's get to Friday night's action. It was Gennady Golovkin versus Camille Serzameta for the IBF middleweight championship, a mandatory challenger. Um, I know how you feel about this fight. I feel the same way. Like the, like the opponent, it's nothing. Um, you know, at this point at 38 years old, uh, to me, it's about how does Triple G look? Look, you can challenge yourself at this age in fights and you really take the risk of, okay, is, is this guy going to push me off the cliff or not? But you can also get a good gauge and a litmus test on guys if they are still at or near their prime by the way they dispose of guys that they're supposed to get rid of. Right. You know, and the method in which they do it. Uh, physically, Triple G looked fantastic. Yes. Um, he looked big. He looked strong. Um, he he looked like he had some zip and some quickness on his punches. Um, he knocked down Sarasmeta four times, eventually stopped him, landed some big shots, um, and you know what? Really showed a a, a nice arsenal, um, a well-put-together sort of attack for the first time since uh, he and Jonathan Banks have sort of came together. I was impressed with the performance for a 38-year-old. Uh, he did what he was supposed to do. I don't know what else like people expected. Was he uh, the seventh round not good enough because – you know, those well, everybody pe- bet the under, Ken. Yeah, well, yeah, but, you know, the same people were saying that, you know, Canelo was going to stop Callum Smith, like, no doubt, right? Right. And, and look, I mean, you know, Tesco Joe could have thrown in his fucking towel, you know, at, at any any point in the last three rounds in that fight. Sh- probably should have. Yeah, but uh, I think overall, you know, it is what it is. I'm not getting all bent out of shape about the opponent. To me, um, Golovkin looked good. He looks sturdy, and, uh, dude, he looks like a guy that's going to fucking give uh, Canelo Alvarez hell again in a third fight. Yeah, and that's, that's my problem with people not wanting that third fight. But just speaking on, on Triple G's performance last night and where he stands right now, what I saw last night was a guy that, look, we saw some slippage from a couple years ago. Like, we know that that's there. I don't know how much – of the of, of a slippage there is. I'm not going to sit here and try to say, like, oh, he's 85, 90% of what he was at his peak. 
He's not what he was at his peak, but he is still elite in everything that he does. Yes. And I get it. People are going to say, well, yeah, he looked different last night and he looked a little better because of the opponent. Uh, you know, you can say that if you'd like, but what I saw was a guy who can do exactly what he was doing last night against other fighters too. It's just uh, it's just some little slight wrinkles that I noticed defensively, a little bit of upper body movement, uh, you know, not fucking eating punches with your chin because you can, because you, you're old. You, you, you got to stop fucking doing that at some point. <laughs> you're, you're creeping on 39 years old. The guy hasn't fought in over a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what people expect. I, I know there's this, this, you know, Triple G is known by a lot of people who get upset about how much hype was behind him on an HBO run three years ago, and they're still mad about it for whatever fucking reason. Like, yes. There was hype behind Triple G back then. The sport kind of had a dead spot after Maypack. They needed somebody. They needed something. There wasn't a face of the sport. Canelo wasn't there yet. He was on his way there. Triple G was kind of built up and had a hype machine behind him. Guess what, people? That's what the media does. They fucking hype things up. It's, it's up to you to recognize, yes, this is the media hyping things up and not take that against a guy who was clearly shown over the last – Four years. like you, you keep hearing people calling him the can crusher. I'll keep pointing to the last six fights before last night or before Friday night. Canelo twice. Derevianchenko. Jacobs. Go look throughout the list of boxing and tell me who, who challenged themselves any more than that. Canelo Alvarez, maybe. You might find a couple other guys in a way. Whatever. But calling him the can crusher and all of this shit still – that's from three years ago. Like, you want to do that and when he was on the Dominic Wade and Marco Antonio Rubio run? I get it. That is not it right now. It's time to fucking appreciate a guy who is the second oldest champion in the sport of boxing. Yes. Behind Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. That, like, people just, it's 39. He's going to be 39 before he fights again. I, there's no way physically possible that he is what he is when he was 34. But he has still got in enough in the tank and has enough skills that I will never, ever, ever understand why anybody does not want to see a third fight like you have it figured out. You've got it, you got it nailed. Canelo's going to stop Triple G in a third fight. That's what's going to happen? Right. You sure about that? Because the same people that say, I don't notice much slippage from Triple G, on the, on the other side of that will say, I don't need to see a third fight. Well, what are you talking about? Tell me, what do you mean there, Slick? Because those fights were close, and if you don't see slippage, then why don't you want to see a third fight? I, it makes no sense. People talk out of both sides of their mouth in this situation. Glovkin's still the best middleweight in the world. Yes, you know <laughs> he will be. He will be an odds-on favorite against anybody. Maybe Jamal Charlo is like a minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five situation, but he'll still be the favorite against all of them. Yep, and I don't get it. What? The guy has never been dropped, stopped, barely been hurt a couple times in his career. But you're sure Canelo Alvarez, yeah. a guy who doesn't, he's not really known for you know his one-punch knockout power. He's got power, of course, but he's going to stop Triple G. If you're so sure of it, I want to fucking see it. I yeah. want to see him stop Triple G. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see if, if 
he's just dangling out there on the cliff, and all all you got to do is blow on him, and he's going to fall. You know, and, and, I, I didn't it, see that. No, not at all. And look, I think one of the most ridiculous things out there is that you know you're even seeing it from the media, man. I don't know if it's if if there's been some kind of abrasiveness, but it's sort of the like there's more dismissing of Triple G and more focusing, like looking and digging, trying to find like chinks in the armor of Triple G by everybody in the media. Right. I mean, look, man, I I like Teddy Atlas and I respect his opinions on boxing, but the comments and the hate and vitriol that he has towards Triple G and his comments and dismissiveness of him is it 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 completely contradicts the reputation of being a great boxing trainer. Because if you don't see that, if Teddy Atlas cannot see that Triple G is one of the most elite master boxers of the last 10 years in boxing, Mm -hmm. and he still is. He still is. His punch variety, his power, his accuracy, his placement, his, his economy with his punches, everything is still elite. His chin, right? Mm hmm everything is still elite he's just a little bit slower okay and he's a little bit more worn but we still haven't seen that yet but to hear people like that just completely dismiss the guy and call him overrated it's it's got it's something personal that the the hate for him it it's hard for me to fathom because when i see a guy like triple g like when i watch him fight when i watch the first fight and the second fight against Canelo Alvarez, right? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I watched the Lemieux fight. I get the same feeling. And I'm trust me, folks, if you look at my record on prospects from all of our shows in the past, I'll trust my eyes over yours yeah. any day of the week. But when I see Triple G, I see Chocolatito, right? I see Canelo. I see Terrence Crawford. I see Manny Pacquiao. I see Floyd Mayweather. I see generational talent Vince yeah elite generational talent and guess what 30 year old Triple G with in my opinion in and around Triple G's weight class probably the number two three definitely top five jab of all time 30 years old in his prime he stands with every middleweight that's ever existed and that right there, you can see it with your eyes. Does he win them all? No. Yeah, nobody's does, saying that. Does he lose them all? No. Right. But he is one of the best. Clearly. And, <laughs> and, what, and the funniest thing to me with Triple G is, like, everybody's, like, you, you guys are ready to dismiss this guy from the sport, like, get him out of here, you don't want to see him anymore? Like, what? what the, the guy's been in legitimate two fight of the year candidates in the last two years. Yeah. But you want him out. Yeah. Are you a boxing fan? Because this is about being a boxing fan when you're talking about Triple G. Take your fucking little feelings and set them to the side. You either appreciate what the guy is or you just don't like the guy because certain people like him that you don't like. Certain media members may have hyped him up. And I would respect those people if they just came out and said, I can't stand this motherfucker, but here's what I think. Yeah, if you, if you could give an honest assessment of what you're watching and yeah. not let that fucking hatred seep into it and just turn it into this fucking weird situation where it's like, I want Triple G to be around in boxing as long as he can stick around. Yeah. Because every fucking time he fights... I don't even care if it's a Cesar Meta or whatever the fuck you say it. 
I don't care. Like you said, he goes in there and fucking handles business. He's not a guy in there fucking pussyfooting around and bullshitting. He beats the shit out of a guy, and that's it. It's done. Move on to the next one. What What is the obsession with, like, this guy? I just don't understand why people, like, refuse to give them respect, refuse to give him respect or, or just want to put him in a place where it's like, you're clearly not watching what the guy has done in his career. You're just not. You got to give the dude his fucking respect. And I know it's what everybody's listening to this, and we're already Triple G apologists. We're not saying anything that isn't real. Like, we're not making stuff up here. No. Anytime you hear me talk about Triple G, I'm just going to tell you what happened and what he is and what is clear to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present to you reality when it comes to Triple G. I'm not making shit up here. The guy is who he is. The disrespect to me is wild. It's fucking wild, dude. Yeah, and and you know, but boxing fans are fickle, and certain fighters get you know certain passes from certain people. You right. know, everybody has an agenda. There's a there's been a clear problem uh, amongst certain segments of the boxing population at the fact that there's been so many Russian or uh, that area of the world-born fighters that have had success recently. There's been a there's been a, a, a problem with Lomachenko. You know who's actually probably gotten the least amount of shit is Sergei Kovalev. <laughs> Maybe, based on his personal life, should probably get the most. The most, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the dude is, like, you would imagine Sergei Kovalev is the kind of guy that, like, walks up to a woman in the bar and, like, punches her in the, <laughs> in the face because she, like, drank his beer or something. And just keeps walking like it's nothing. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't get it, man. I think when it's all said and done, people are going to miss this guy. Golovkin is just one of these polarizing figures, yeah. you know. Um, I think the whole Canelo saga, it, it just put people on different sides of the fence and people, like, chose sides. I think that there is some resentment from some of the Mexican Mexican American population for, you know, bas- you know, basically their brethren, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of Mexican style, right? You know. Um and that being kind of a slight on Canelo. Mm-hmm. And Canelo now sort of has evolved into this, you know, before he was kind of this shifty elusive sort of boxer, right. counterpuncher, and now he has turned into the that performance against Callum Smith is Mexican style. Yeah. I just think that their beef um, you just got to separate all of the drama, all the personal stuff. Focus what's what is in the ring, but don't forget about all the other stuff, right? Because it's all part of the story. Canelo Alvarez looked like the best fighter in the world against Callum Smith. Yes, last night. Yes, okay. He looked like the best fighter in the world, but he also pissed hot for Clen Buterol in the lead up to a Golovkin fight. Right. You know, these are all part of the story, man. Yeah. Just because I feel like Canelo cheated to try to win that second fight based off of factual evidence, <laughs> right? Not just speculation right. or YouTube videos or anything like that. Yeah. Like, no autopsy reports, just the fact that he got busted and got suspended by the Boxing Commission. <laughs> right. Right? These things happened. They all happened, you know? They're all part of the story. But guess what? That doesn't mean, like, oh, well, I mean, my ego will not allow me to cheer for somebody that has cheated in sports. If I can't do it, I got a fucking statue of Mark McGuire roided up, a 70th, uh, 70 home run 1998 commemorative edition. Do you think I give a fuck if a, if, a, if, a, if a fighter's trying to do whatever it takes to get by? My favorite fighter of all time, outside of Joe Frazier, is Evander Holyfield. 
the juice is loose. Yes. <laughs> Probably more than ever in, by one boxer in the history of the sport. If you look at that man, you go, good Lord, was he gassed up. I mean, high octane. He does not survive wars with men that were 35 pounds heavier than <laughs> no. him. He went to war with those people. What a heart he had. <laughs> yeah. He took enough steroids to almost blow his heart up, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's lucky to still be kicking. Yes. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, man. Uh. You know. It, look. It's. It's just all part of it. And. And these two are going to be forever linked. I want to see the trilogy. I want to see the third yeah. fight because guess what? But in my opinion, between those two weight classes, they're still the two best. And here. And look. And jump back to Canelo real quick, man. I got somebody asked me a question on Twitter last night. Who's next for Canelo? And mm-hmm. and I said my opinion on it was uh, Caleb Plant. And they were like outside of Baturbiev, right? Who Who else? Who else can can give something to Canelo that he can respect and give him fits? And I said it's 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 David Benavidez all day long. That's the fight to me that is all wrong for Canelo at 168 pounds. If Canelo takes the Benavidez fight and Benavidez is in form and he's not just out gallivanting, can he make the weight anymore? Can he make the weight anymore? Exactly. Is but he it, taking the sport serious is he? Is he whatever? But if we get the best form of David Benavidez against this version of Canelo. That's a huge problem for Canelo. Yeah, and you know what? I'll even like I, I agree with you 100 percent that David Benavidez is the guy to truly test him outside of moving up to a Baturbiev or a Golovkin fight. That's exactly or Triple G. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The rest of these guys, Caleb Plant. I, I could imagine that fight not looking much different than what last night looked like. Caleb Plant has no answer. He has no power to stop Canelo. No. The, the, and and I and I kind of rated Caleb playing a little bit higher than Calum Smith, but not much, not much. No, I I think he's a a, a stronger, more assertive fighter. Yeah. Why, why don't you fight Calum Smith, Caleb Plant? See where you're at. <laughs> I think Caleb Plant would 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 do just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Callum Smith needs to go and 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 do uh, uh, the next pay per view with Gilberto Ramirez. There you go. Can you believe that guy fought a nobody on pay per view for twenty dollars? For $20, but he's turning down fucking a million and a half from top rank? You never, ever, ever let a woman direct your career, man. Do you see what, sh- what happened to Shane Mosley? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but shit, Shane Mosley's going into the Hall of Fame. Right. You know? I mean, Gilberto Ramirez isn't anywhere near that talented, but jeez, man. I mean, he, uh, look, he just may not be the brightest bulb in the box either. No. It doesn't appear that way. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, also in action, then, um, it's Jerron Ennis, who was the the co-main on this Showtime card that I believe that was supposed to be headlined by Nonito Donaire. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay, so then my focus, uh, you know, absent Nonito, right, uh, was solely on Jerron Ennis. Mm-hmm. And I'll be completely honest with you, man. I felt like on Twitter, everybody was watching everything else and nobody was focusing on this guy. So I wanted to take a second, irregardless of the result of that fucking... Oh, my God. Didn't it sound like when their heads collided that somebody had fallen off a cliff and their head had smacked against the boulder? Yeah. It was loud and violent. But I want to talk about this for a second because our audience is big enough that I think all of you motherfuckers out there need to be tuning in to Jerron Ennis. Yes. I'm telling you right now, the only person that is nearly as explosive, powerful, and athletic as Boots Ennis at welterweight is Virgil Ortiz. So the, so the future is looking bright uh, in and around 147 pounds. 
But let me tell you right now, folks, if you have not seen Boots Ennis, you need, to, you need to make him your number one top priority for young fighters to watch because he is fucking explosive. Yeah. Explosive. He has next-level talent. Next-level talent. I, I, I honestly came to my final conclusion on him in the lead-up to the fight, all the film that I watched, going back. Everything was so abrupt in his fights sometimes, you know? Yeah. But I tell you what, man, um, uh, it's it's sad that that that, that headbutt um, called the fight to be called a no contest last night. But I tell you what, that little glimpse that we got to see of Ennis, man, he is dangerous. I don't think that fight was going much past the second or third round. No. You, you could already see Van Heerden did not like what was coming at him, and he had no answer for it. I mean, you don't think, not to bounce around, but you don't think, like, a guy that was considered athletic at welterweight, like Keith Thurman, is is still athletic enough to keep up with these guys. No, he got out-athleted by a 40-year-old <laughs> in his last fight. I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell lies, son. <laughs> he did, though, didn't he? He did. And honestly, maybe the most athletic welterweight it's like outside of Pacquiao, outside of getting out-athleted by Pacquiao in that fight. Who else is a true athlete like boots is uh virgil ortiz yeah but i don't think he touches boots either i, I think it's no i don't think he's in the same ballpark but as far as speed and power i think he's there yeah but explosiveness off the off the just off the cuff everything flows yes. so naturally yes. he just everything looks so natural it looks like the guy was built in a factory to be a fighter yes it's honestly what it looks like i've been this this has been my favorite young fighter to watch for the last year and a half now. The guy's just fucking un- like what he brings to the ring. You don't fucking see anybody doing that shit. The guy's a fucking super athlete. That's a boxer. I think that Boots Ennis though, he comes in so hard towards the fighter. I mean, he lunges and leaps so athletically forward to that's, the target. That's some Roy Jones shit right there, isn't it? Yeah, some Roy Jones shit. The way he lunges and leaps with hooks and. I think he's even a little. People are gonna fucking are gonna blow me up for saying this. I think he's even a little bit more well rounded than Roy. Oh, from a technical standpoint, I don't think that's a that that's that unfair of a statement to make. I know I mean, he's not. He's not. He has. You want to see it against better fighters? Well, he hasn't done anything yet. So in right. that in that sense, I will I will punch myself in the dick. Right. But I'm not fucking hitting myself in the taint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, the guy's fucking. Uh, he he is legit and. You know the the long. You can only hold the guy back for so long. These guys are going to have to eventually. Fight. He's this is Boots Ennis is a is a one of the reasons why you say well maybe the sanctioning bodies were worth a shit this time because they were the only ones that were able to get him a shot at a title because there ain't nobody nobody is going to volunteer to fight him. I, nobody. No, no. But maybe it's one of these situations where all of these diva into their 30 401k welterweights that rule the division right now. <laughs> right. Right? Maybe that all all those divas are, are worried about, you know, all their their little side businesses and their side hustles and stuff doing that Al Heyman, you know, uh, you know, financial plan right. life, you know. They got to work on. They're building out houses they're, over here. They're flipping houses, baby. Yeah, you know, making records over here. Got to go tend to the barbershop over here. Who's got time for boxing? <laughs> right, right. Retirement Roth IRA welterweights. Yes, that is the welterweight division right now. And then you got old fucking uh, Manny Pacquiao collecting Social Security. <laughs> old geriatric <laughs> geriatric Manny over there. Yeah. Um, so maybe it gets to the point where like Ortiz and and Ennis are like, well, fuck it. 
Let's <laughs> let's just fight each other. <laughs> it might, it honestly, might come down to that. I, I, I'm being dead serious. They both seem like they're willing kind of guys. They are both sort of uh, you know next level talents. Yeah, I think Ennis is a more well rounded fighter. But you can't tell me when you see that fucking powerful thunder pole jab that Ortiz throws. He's got a powerful jab and it's a quick jab. Yeah. Um, and dude, he's fast enough in and out. I think that 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 could be a fight where like Ennis could win that thing, you know, maybe clearly, but both of them get dropped kind of fight because oh, of, yeah. of of the way that they attack. You know, there's going to be some kind of electricity in that in, in that kind of a fight. And I know, but dude, it, I know it could be fucking six years down the road. They could never fight. I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic after Errol Spence tells the world that he's just been fucking around the entire time and he moving up to heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. What's funny to me is this whole fucking welterweight situation. I've never, ever, ever, ever heard one of these guys go, I'll beat that boy. Give me boots. I'll beat him. Let me know when you see a welterweight that's ranked in the top five that you would think that was watching. you like, they were all watching this fight. Trust and believe that. Yeah. Not one of them's like, I'll take him. Yeah, give him to me right now. Oh, no, no, no. There's no chirping. No, none. Zero. <laughs> Awful quiet. Awful quiet after the Triple G fight, too. You would think some of these guys would get to chirping. You want that Triple G fight, right? Nothing. Nope. Crickets. Nope. Um. Oh, Andre was uh, uh, ringside last night. How awful is he on the mic? Like, why do you want his opinion? <laughs> I, uh, him and Mannix next to each other, and that like back and forth at the end. It's like Max and Andre Ward. Good lord, was that bad? But <laughs> to me, the fucking the worst part about it was Andre <laughs> talking about Canelo opponents. It's like, dude. You're, you're, you're talking about your whole fucking career here, buddy. You fought nobody. You named three guys that Canelo fought that you thought uh, Can, uh, Golden Boy guided Canelo's career very well, Ken. Like, so what exactly is your career, Demetrius? Yeah, you've been a pro for, what, 12 years, and your best wins, Vonis Martirosian, in a fight where he knocked you down? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, the delusion. Did you see what Golovkin did to Martirosian? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking iced in two rounds. But they duck in boo-boo, though. <laughs> they duck in boo-boo. All right, let's get to some old action, Vin. Let's go back to the future. <sighs> it's my um, favorite thing to do, Ken. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev. Um, I was, there's nothing about this fight that I was looking forward to. No. Let me tell you what I saw and what Kubrat Pulev is. He is one of the most inaccurate slash Horrible timing fighters I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, if there was somebody there telling them, like, to punch in the worst possible, like, timing. Like, he was in between whiffing on jabs. That he was missing by, like, almost a complete foot. I've never seen a guy that literally he's just like, hey, I'm tough enough to be in here. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to do, like, this cool, like, cobra pose. Right. Like, and fight like I'm walking like an Egyptian. But he's so stiff. He is. And boy, man, I tell you what, there was nothing special. Look, Anthony Joshua looked in great shape. He had a a, a pretty good plan in there. He had some uh, just an electric connections on on. You know, he took his shots. He was economical. Like all credit to Anthony Joshua in there. But I I could not help but watch 
just how bad of a of a, of a fighter Kubrat Pulev is. He's horrible. Yeah, he, I mean, it's amazing that he is able to navigate his way to that spot and get that fight. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a golf ball. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I'm trying to think back on his career and like ever think of a performance that was worth a shit no like one no it really isn't one dude but i love re-watching the way in which uh vladimir klitschko knocked him out do that you remember left, that that left hook <laughs> out of nowhere and just good night <laughs> yes I, I mean i'll say this about joshua's performance joshua is now like the transition to safe fighter is is fully there so he's into vlad's playbook i i, I think that's exactly like i think in my opinion, Vlad, Vlad is a bit of a mentor to Anthony Joshua, ah. and I, I I think Vlad likes Anthony Joshua and likes that he's wants him to be the next face of heavyweight. He doesn't want Tyson Fury to be the face of heavyweight boxing. No, so I think there's a little Vlad, bit of Vlad's a gentleman. Yes. <laughs> so uh, to me, that's what I see. I see a guy who is adapting that safe style. It's going to make for probably not some of the greatest fights when we when we get this like this Fury Joshua fight. Let me tell you something, folks. That has the possibility to be an absolute stinker of I th- a fight. I think if Tyson Fury fights every fight, no matter who the opponent is, the way that he fought the second Deontay Wilder fight, it doesn't matter what Anthony Joshua's style is. If, I don't, if he wants to box with Tyson Fury, he's going to lose. Yes, but I see. I don't think Fury would fight that style against Joshua. I think he's going to he wants to outbox Joshua. So Fury's so, that type of he's just that weird dude that's like Well, he'll he'll use the game plan that he did against Vlad. Right, he'll he'll just <laughs> decide like he'll do he'll do whatever. He's just one of these guys that he's just a different fucking dude. Flim flam. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He is. Yeah, and, and uh, part of it is ego. I think his ego allows him to be like uh, I decided I'm going to win this fight this way oh, this time. He eats waffles every morning for breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With tons of butter and syrup. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to get, you know, get out of this fight. To me, this is Golovkin, Sarah's meta. Yeah, right? it's, it's Canelo, Callum Smith. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, okay, so Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. I, I've always felt all along the only way that that fight happens is if he, – he, you know, belts are relinquished because you know everybody's got to have their their mandatory. And look, if I'm, all these guys are so all these sanctioning bodies are so unbelievably greedy. Like, why would they want to strip somebody or have like? Why would you want the biggest fight that can be made in boxing, the most lucrative fight that can be made in boxing? Oh, no, we don't want a slice of that. Um, I'm going to need to see uh, Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola. Yeah. <laughs> You guys can fight for the vacant belt because I'd rather have a sliver of that pie. I love how Eddie this whole this past week was just throwing shots at uh, throwing shots at the WPO too. Like, what are you doing? Like, why? I, I don't like Eddie Hearn, but what, you know, good for him for at least like attempting to speak up and be like, why would you guys? Like, I don't think it matters to begin with. Like, whoever wins Fury Joshua is going to be the undisputed. Uh, heavyweight champion of the world, whether the WBO belt is involved or not. Boxing is so fucking weird. You get, I don't. Why would you do that? Let they're gonna fight. They, they've already announced terms are very close to being done. They're just fucking dotting the eyes and crossing the t's, and it'll be done. You know, they'll be fighting in the first half of 2021. What are you forcing here? What, what is there to force? Let the two best in the world fight for all the belts. And then after that, whoever wins, you can enforce a mandatory right away, strip the belt, do whatever the fuck you want, but let it be there. And But honestly, if it isn't, 
I don't give a fuck. It's not taking anything away from the fight. So if you want to expose the irrelevancy of your belt, go ahead, strip them and put it on the line for you know Usyk and uh, Joseph Parker or who or whatever Usyk and whoever. I don't fucking care. You're not going to take anything away from this fight. So you're kind of proving your irrelevancy by doing it. Yeah, just just fucking you know just lop it up, wear it. Yeah, you know, swallow it for the camera. You can go fucking clean your mouth out with soap after we're done filming. Right. As soon as the fight's over, you can wipe your mouth and walk away. Exactly. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Let's uh, go two weeks back into the future. Ooh. Right? Uh, November 5th, 1955. Um <laughs> It was all the way back on December 5th, 2020. Man, you remember those days? Wow. Uh, Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia. What did you think about the comeback performance from Errol Spence? How did he look to you? Pretty impressive. Yeah. Considering the circumstances and, you know, where whatever you think of Danny Garcia, I've never seen somebody beat Danny Garcia that easily. So that says something to me. Yes. Um, but again, uh, we're talking about, you know, the representative of the of the 401k welterweight right you know uh, who's who's kind of made it clear that he's already thinking about uh he's got one foot out the door yes and i'm sure like angel garcia like i i i guarantee you they're saying to al okay we fought all your guys you know we wanted to retire four years ago we were good then well we got that you know uh, as the kids say or as everybody says because nobody's fucking original anymore getting that bag Right? Is that how you say Getting that bag. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. Everybody just repeats what everybody says. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. Um, you know, yeah, I'm sure DSG's like, okay, now let me get three or four Rod, Rod Salkas. <laughs> right. You know? I'll fight once a year and come and collect a little, uh, you know, another piece of my retirement. I, I want to bring this up because this is, you know, we started the show off with Canelo. Now we're talking about Errol Spence. This conversation that is going on right now on Twitter that I saw last night, people trying to will an Errol Spence Canelo Alvarez fight into fruition and saying it's the biggest fight in the sport that can be made. I don't know how you come up with that. Why are we talking about guys that are three weight classes apart, a total of 21 fucking pounds right now? Why are we even talking about this fight? It's absolute garbage like why even entertain the idea it's it's a it's a relative impossibility it's it's not going to happen and i'll i'll take it a step further for those who who are spence fans that want to see that fight and i get it you watched canelo alvarez last night you watched errol spence on the fifth you tell me one thing that errol spence does better than canelo alvarez go ahead I'll fucking sit here. I, I got all the time in the world. It's going to take you a minute because he doesn't. And I know that's not – people are going to say that's a slight to Errol Spence. It is not. Errol Spence is a great fighter. Yep. Canelo Alvarez is fucking special, like next-level special. That fight is is a nothing burger. And if it ever did happen, Canelo Alvarez, my guess is, would probably pretty handily win a fucking decision much like he did against Calum Smith last night. Yeah, Errol Spence would look like the Ferrari. Yeah, you, you want know? you want uh, Errol Spence, and Mikey Garcia in reverse. You want you want to put Errol Spence in that situation because I know I know the height is not different and all that, but you see the thickness, the size, the power, the sturdiness of Canelo Alvarez. Errol Spence's best best thing right now is his 
physical uh, ability to move people and be the stronger guy at welterweight. He will be nowhere near that against Canelo Alvarez. He would be a small... Uh, junior middleweight at, at 154 pounds. Just look at the, you know? the, the the waist and the and yeah. the chest, the back and no. the and the legs. It's just a different ball game, man. Yeah, I mean, Leo Santa Cruz and Errol Spence are the same height. Errol Spence. Have you that. seen their bodies? Yeah. The difference. Yeah. What would happen if they fought? One's built like a twig, you know, but they see eye to eye. Errol Spence needs to clean out 147, take it on up to 154, handle business there, and then go to 160. 168. Man, that's a fucking that's a that's a big big leap, and I'm not saying it's never been done before. Well, you're not going to move up four weight classes after 30 years old. Yeah. You're not Manny Pacquiao. Tommy Hearns did it, you know. Leonard fought it at welterweight, and then at the end of his career, fought at 168 pounds. But if he beat Donnie Lalonde, like you're not going to go up there and beat Canelo Alvarez, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think the whole idea of that fight is just yeah, it's mythical matchmaking. I I, I don't. I mean, if it were to get announced tomorrow and they're fighting at 164-pound catchweight, I'd be uh, fucking hyped. But- uh, I'd be hyped in the same way I was hyped when Canelo Kirkland was announced or, <laughs> or Canelo Khan was announced, you know? We, we head into the funeral. Like the, like, the greatest thing about Canelo Khan was that nobody expected it. It was like the biggest surprise, and when it was announced, everybody was like, is this real? Yeah. Like, where did this come from? That was the strangest fight announcement. It, just completely out of nowhere. Yeah, to me, it would be the same thing. You know, it's just, it's all, it's cash grabs. Why don't you just fight fucking Terrence Crawford, right? Yeah. Right, let's fight Terrence Crawford. Let's do that thing. There's plenty of big fights for Errol Spence without Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. You don't yeah. go fucking, don't go chasing rainbows, Ken. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, we'll see Danny Garcia sometime. <laughs> see you when you see, when we see you, when we see you, bud. Maybe we'll stop by for a fresh uh, shape-up at the barber shop. <laughs> hey, get Vince some of that Manolo drip. Yeah, come you on. You need to restock that. You're fucking only selling it in small. <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Chocolatito size. I ain't giving you that D-print in them pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, news and notes. Speaking of Chocolatito. Um, the big fight announcement, March 13th on zone. It's speculated for the StubHub Center in Carson, California. Um, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez will be taking on Juan Francisco Estrada in a rematch eight years after the two met at 108 pounds crazy. and fought in a war. It's fucking crazy. Both world champions. Um Two, still two of the of the very best fighters in the world. I just got to say something, all right. I don't I don't ever talk about this A side, B side, top billing, any of this crap. I don't. I honestly and truthfully don't give a shit. But y'all need to put some respect, all right, on my man Chocolatito's name. There's been too many fucking people in this sport that have used. Roman Gonzalez as a doormat over the last couple years. Yes. Overrated this, overrated that. Oh, I don't watch the small divisions, this, that, and the other. Another case. We've said it time and time again. One of the great fighters of this era. One of the greatest fighters of all time. I don't give a fuck if you rank him number one or number 100. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. He's operating at a high level. He fucking won the first fight, and they're billing this thing as Estrada Chocolatito 2? Nah, son. Yeah. I Look, I would even rank Estrada higher on pound-for-pound lists right now. Again, this ain't a rematch against some bum, 
Okay? This you are rematching a fight that you lost. You should you should kneel and say A side status is yours, sir. Yeah, that was very odd to me. But uh, look, I'll put I'll say this. I don't give Eddie Hearn credit for much. I want to give Eddie Hearn and Matchroom full credit for bringing this fucking fight together because at the end of the day, they probably had to pay a little more than they wanted to pay to get it done. Uh, is there going to be a crowd there? Is there not? Is this fight going to be in Mexico? Are we going to Mexico? No, no, no. I, I, uh, Eddie Hearn, uh, I think in an interview with Mike Coppinger, said that they're trying to get this for StubHub in California. Uh, and they're going to, uh, you know, hopefully by that time there's fans. Well, who knows? Like I said. The governor in California could have everybody fucking, Stick you one know, of them fake needles in my arm so I can yeah. go, man. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen in California. Right. right. <laughs> that might not be the place to have it. <laughs> no. Uh, Texas seems like a good spot. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in March. Might be a little cold. Well, I don't care. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care. Just put it somewhere where my plane can land. Yeah, just, is there an airport nearby? Yes. Because I want to go. Yes, I want to land my chopper. <laughs> um, okay, so... Chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada, they'll duel for the ring WBC and WBA Super Flyweight Championship. I see you have it listed correctly on your computer, Chocolatito Estrada. Oh, I would never disrespect <laughs> Chocolatito like that. The man has accomplished too much in boxing. Yeah. He's a living legend. I, I didn't notice that last night. I wish I did. That's, that's fucking odd. Yeah. Give the man his credit. Put, yes. Put him at the top of the bill. But all that bullshit aside, um, man. This is the best. This is the uh, the ultimate deep thrombosis. This is veins you've never seen coming out of the out of the fucking sidewalls of your of your dong. Yeah, big purple throbbers. Yes, this is that fight. <laughs> <laughs> this is that fight. Um, okay, let's get to uh, more announcements, dude. All pretty good fights. A little bit of garbage mixed in. Um, Angelo Leo versus Stephen Fulton. I know this is one that you're looking forward to. Yeah, and it's a fight that we lost there because yeah, Fulton got was it COVID or whatever the fuck happened to yep, him. Yeah. Yep. So that kicks off on January 23rd on Showtime for the WBO Junior Featherweight Title. Um, an interesting doubleheader. I, I I don't know that this has happened very much, where you have two uh, well, one of the biggest names in boxing, one of the best fighters in boxing. Um, both fighting on the same day on different networks in Moscow, Russia. It's Sergei Kovalev versus Bektimir Melikuziev um, from Moscow on DAZN. And the same day from Russia with love, it's Artur Baturbiev versus Adam Dienis for the WBC and IBF Light Heavyweight Championship. That's a hell of a fucking uh, a day of fighting. Yeah, it is. That's, that's a vicious, brutal day of fighting there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, look. That Kovalev-Beck fight is, well, that was, that's another odd announcement that came out of nowhere. And I'm trying to like wrap my head around it. The past. Hey, well, Sergey was going to fight uh, Sullivan Barrera, an over-the-hill Sullivan Barrera. Yeah, this is a little bit, this is a different ballgame. I know Beck's coming up from 160, like, there's a lot of weird things. Beck's coming up from 168. He's, this is only going to be his seventh fight. How in God's name is Sergey Kovalev a uh, uh, Almost three to one under. He's two. He's plus two forty at the books. Beck's minus three thirty because he has no chin and no and and, and no gut anymore. Man, well, he's got I, no yeah. stamina. And I, he's a shot fighter. Part of this matchup is I think Golden Boy. After how after as much money as they paid him to fight Canelo Alvarez, which I think is part of the rift between 
DAZN and Canelo and Golden Boy was the amount of money they were having to pay for some of these opponents. So they gave what I think they gave Kovalev like twelve and a half mil mm-hmm. for that fight. But it also included a two fight five million dollar you know deal after the after the Alvarez fight. To me, I'm looking at this and going, Golden Boy said, "Fuck this guy. I don't want to pay him shit. We're giving him back the bully. Good fucking luck to you, sir." That, that's how I feel like they're treating it. They're just they're like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking pay this guy. He ain't worth shit." Fucking give give him Beck. Let Beck fucking murder him. Well, maybe that was uh, uh, part of the settlement with Canelo. DAZN's foot in the bill for for Kovalev. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, I, it, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to be there with bells on. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be there with bells on. Um, and then Baturbiev in a you know I I I, I put Baturbiev in that category with like Boots Ennis. You know, like I just put him in that category of this guy that people look at him. Kind of like how Golovkin was on his way up, you know. Like people look at these guys, like nah, not quite yet. Yeah. No. 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 This is not going to be right. Um, I think that Artur Baturbiev is probably. We'll do our pound for pound list, and you'll see where these guys fall. But performances over, you know, the last year, year and a half, I think the two best f- fighters I've seen in the ring is probably Canelo Alvarez versus Callum Smith as far as like a dominant, like I'm swinging my dick all over the place in the ring type performance and Baturbiev's against Vozdik. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know, Baturbiev is a fucking monster and he's going to moiter this guy. Yeah. I, I, he's another one of those fighters like Ennis, like you said, that just, nobody wants to fight him. No. It's not, it's not, you think he wants to fight this guy? <laughs> no. He's 35 years old almost, isn't he? Who, Baturbiev? Yeah, he's getting old. Yeah, he is, but he's in his prime. Oh, he's definitely in his prime. Um, I just want to see at this point, honestly, Baturbiev versus Kovalev. I know what the result will be, <laughs> but i just like to see it. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> you want to see the guy die? <laughs> no. Hey, Cove used to be my boy, man. Yeah, yeah Cove, used to be my guy. Cove's a rat bastard piece of shit here towards the end of his career. Yeah, part of me believes he's kind of always been that way. Yeah, I think so. But um, there was the time of the crusher, and yes. there was no more uh, feared man on the planet than he. Yeah, I, there, I, put it like this: that decision in that Andre Ward fight goes the other way. Yep, you might be talking about him as being the number one pound for pound fighter in the world at the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was already like two, three, four on most people's lists. Yeah. That win, cha- or that fight, and that decision changed uh, the trajectory of his career uh, quite a bit. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, okay, also on January 30th, the PBC throws their hat in the ring. In the Battle of the Calebs, Caleb uh, Plant versus Caleb Truax. Is this a BMX competition? <laughs> Caleb is totally a BMX name. <laughs> <laughs> Should be wearing this early at <laughs> Caleb and Bodie. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, are we doing hand plants on the fucking half pipe here, or are we fighting? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Caleb Plant needs to fight, fight, fight a real competitor. Let's be honest. Yes. Okay. Yeah, enough's enough. Yeah. You've looked really good, dude, and you, you got a lot of promise. Let's let's see it against uh, a threat. Yes. Um, Caleb Truex is a bit over the hill. Yes. Um, February 13th on the zone, it's Jojo Diaz versus Shav Rakamoff. Um, Jojo Diaz defending his IBF junior lightweight title and Patrick Teixeira versus Brian Castano in the co-feature for the WBO junior middleweight title. Solid card. Uh, should be all action. I like Jojo Diaz, man. He's just one of those guys. He's just frustrating to watch. He's kind of like, for me, 
he's almost like a poor man's Tim Bradley, where it's like, man, this guy's really good, but he doesn't really punch very hard. That's the problem. You know? There's no threat of a knockdown or a knockout. No. Almost he's ever. really good, though. Yes. His skill set is legit. He gave Gary Russell fits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Teixeira is an all-action fighter. Castano is durable. Yeah. The, that's, that's a meaningful fight, at least for the 154-pound division. Yes, it is. Um, February 20th, another big fight announcement yeah. here on ESPN. It's Miguel Burchelt versus Oscar Valdez for the WBC junior lightweight title. Um, there are two pretty definitive points of view leading into this fight because this one's been talked about for a long time. You have you have the category of boxing fans that are saying, <clears throat> shit, Burchelt is going to fucking mow Oscar Valdez's lawn. Yes. You know what I mean? And he's going to take him out. And then there's another, you know, side of this that that, that people are saying, don't sleep on Oscar Valdez in this fight. Okay? Don't sleep on him. I don't think that Oscar Valdez is as good as I once thought he was. That is the way I feel about it, I don't think he has any power at 130 pounds to no. give a guy like Miguel Burchelt for him to bat an eyelash. It's going to be much like how Canelo was reacting to those little sissy punches that Callum Smith was throwing at him last night. You know, <laughs> right? I mean, it's going to look violent because yeah. that, that's how Oscar Valdez fights. Burchelt is going to have to have an off night or come into this just completely out of shape to lose this fight. I fall on the other side of the fence on this one. I think Burchell is a little bit overrated by people. See, and there's the other camp, man. Right. You know? I, I think he's a slightly overrated fighter. He may be. And I think Oscar Valdez is good enough to to test that. I think Valdez is a more overrated fighter. <laughs> it's hard to argue. So so maybe we're in this conversation for dramatic purposes for the show. Burchell's a ten and Valdez is an eight, but in real life, it's really that Burchelt's a six and Valdez is a four. Yeah, but there's still separation in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I would. I think Burchelt's a little bit more skilled. I would. Yeah, I would give him that that edge for sure. I just don't know if, how big the gap is, and I don't. I'm not. I don't fully trust Miguel Burchelt in really big fights. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm with you there. But do you ever worry though about Oscar Valdez and his like? He fights at the pace of the ultimate warrior entering the ring at WrestleMania. Yes, he does. I mean, he's just... Da, 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 Fucking da, 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 100 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah, nonstop. Yeah. It's heaters right down the middle all day. <laughs> all day long. Um, that's my worry for him. Yeah. I think if it comes to a battle of attrition, I, I just think that... Uh, you that, you that, think in the middle of one of those heaters, he's just going to get caught on the on the edge of the chin? and you... I don't even know if it's that. I just think that... I think that... Valdez is just going to bend to the point of breaking. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. We'll see, though. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, one of us is going to be completely wrong. <laughs> Considering we're on the opposite ends of things, yes. <laughs> but that's what makes this fight great. Yeah, and look, in all of those fights, I mean, we got on, on New Year's Day, we got, a, we got a really big fight. Little guys, Ioka, Tanaka. Yep. Tanaka trying to become the quickest four-division champion in the history of the sport yep. if he wins that fight. That's a huge fight. Ryan Garcia on the second. We get a little gap. Then we get all these fights that we just announced. Uh, dude, 2021. I mean, I know there's like a three-week lull in there. It's looking pretty nice to start off the year. Honestly, I think with fans coming back, it can go one of two ways. I think that 
they can be like all the promoters that are out there losing money right now can be like, oh, thank God the fans are back. Now we can just put some trash out here. They'll be happy because they're fucking out of the house. I need to make some money back. Yeah, exactly. And 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 they'll fucking lop up anything just to not have to be in lockdown and wear a mask anymore. Um, but the, I think the second look, it's it's starting off really well. I mean, years typically things don't really start to pick up until the end of February, early March. You know right. what I mean? So there's a lot going on. I get past the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. Exactly. But, you know, this is that year, 2020 going into uh, 2021, where things are just a little abnormal and everybody's rhythm um, is just a little bit off, man. But I'll tell you what, I think that I, I also think that the back half of next year could go the opposite of being, a, uh, you know, basically – you know, uh, fucking recovery for these promoters and people are chomping at the bit for big fights. And then you could see huge fights in the second half of next year. I mean, some of the fights that we could be looking at are pretty fucking big time. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything is sort of colliding that way. And, and 2021 has an opportunity to right all of the wrongs of 2020. And, and, and that's not to say that everybody out there that tried to do their best didn't, uh, you know, doesn't deserve a pat on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fucking wiffle bubble is a wiffle bubble. You mean it's still, it's still got holes in the bubble? Bob wants out of there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it ain't just Bob Bennett. No, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> the two Bobs. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. All right. Well, what else do we I'll, have? I'll tell you what. I want to say this before we leave the show. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu won by knockout again. This the pat- son of legendary Costa Zhu. And, and looks to be a legit player at 154 pounds. That aside, just watching that fight, I was very jealous to see a full crowd in Australia. Zero masks on. was like, wow, is this real? This is happening somewhere? Uh, when can we do that? I'm surprised they, they even showed it. <laughs> what, what, what network was that on? <laughs> they should have censored it, Ken. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Um, well, let's move to Australia. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. We've got a um a decent listenership there. Yes, we do. You know? Not that it matters where we fucking record the show from. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. We're not doing live spots. <laughs> Can't come watch us. Oh, man. Um, yes, so we are off for the rest of the week, but we will return early next week in between Christmas and New Year's and hammer out year-end stuff, give out our, our awards that everybody are, you know, fucking covets. The ranties. The ranties. The ranties. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so gay. <laughs> well, that's perfect for this show, Kim. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. It is. Um, and then we'll close it out. And like we said, um, you know, and then we'll uh, be poised for a big run. There's going to be some... Some moving and some shaking here at the boxing rant, but we will fill you in on all of those details um, another day. We're going to drop them ranties on you, son. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 297 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave reviews, whatever, five-star Preferred. We prefer at least more than one star. Do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. We don't really care, anyways. Uh, We still dominate this uh, boxing podcast game. We run on the show. (laughs) That's right. And we and we may or may not start uh, getting in on that pay per view clout next year. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That A side money, son. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, check out the show. Full video version of this podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, subscribe there. Drop by our website, theboxingrant.com. That's theboxingrant.com. 
TheBoxingRant.com. Follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at TheBoxingRant. And uh, everybody have a safe and happy holidays. Whatever it is you celebrate, I'm going to celebrate Christmas. Yes. Santa Claus coming to town. That's right. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.